I think one of the most interesting conversations I've had really recently was with our guest today. Mm. So very, very, very happy to have you on the show, Assistant Professor Dylan Mahmoudi. Thanks so much for coming on, man. It's interesting that uh, as I was preparing with Al just before we called you, we're having this conversation about like, how do we introduce somebody? How do we introduce somebody that we know? So you and I have been talking for like a few months. In that time, I've learned that you are an assistant professor of geography and environmental systems. But at the same time, you feel like a good friend of mine, despite the fact that we've never met and we have similar interests, similar curiosities about the world. And uh, as I was explaining some of this to Al, Al was saying, like, maybe we can just be a little more casual about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you okay with that? Well, I'll call you like uh, big D or something like that. Oh, what a relief, man. That's uh, yeah, yeah, that's great. (laughs) You're listening to What's That Noise? The podcast that pursues matters of confusion and clarity, however, and whatever that means. Yeah, last couple of months have been fun. I've had such a good time chatting and, you know, every, every conversation, I just come out of it energized you know like my the gears are turning in my head and i like i gotta go find a piece of paper and write shit down even though i don't write stuff down you know it's been um it's been really really cool to just wonder about cities and and the role of tech in them what it is that i don't understand despite the fact that we've had so many months of talking about these things there's still so much i don't get and uh before we we got this episode rolling I reached out to you, Dylan, and I asked, what confuses you, man? Like, what is it out in the world that doesn't make sense to you? And uh, I was I was a little bit surprised by what you said, because I know that you have some training in computer science. Would, would you mind teeing this off for us, man? Could you tell us what that confusion is that you want to talk to us about today? Yeah, absolutely. I go out and I, I'm a consumer and I'll visit a, a store and just by being in the store activates something or another. And next thing you know, I, the only advertisements I get are from that store or, or better yet, I'll, I'll click an ad for a pair of shoes. And then next thing you know, I can't go anywhere on the internet without seeing shoe advertisements. <laughs> and well, I, I mean, what, what's funny about all of that is, Nine times out of 10, you are on that ad, you've added it to the cart, you've paid for it, and they're still saying, do you want to buy shoes? Do you want to buy shoes? And you're like, what? How many pairs of shoes does the internet think I need right now, right? And, you know, there's even uh, uh, around Christmas time, the, this meme coming around of saying, instead of making a list, just go over to your partner's phone and say really loudly all of the stuff you want, and they'll start getting the advertisements for it, right? And so I think a lot of us, kind of maybe take that for granted. You know, a lot of us just kind of look around and we're just kind of like, oh, the phone's listening or, or something like that. And we don't really realize that there's probably behind the scenes quite a bit of confusion. Help us figure out, you you have some training in, in the background. What is going on a little bit in the background? Do you, do you have any sort of an idea at all? Or maybe that's the point. He just doesn't know. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the best part is that uh, the people that are writing these algorithms they don't necessarily know either, right? There's come on, no, no joke. They, they, you know, part of AI is you know going from A to B, but once you get that that personalized advertisement or whatnot, it's very difficult for for uh, let's say a Google engineer to say 
this is how the algorithm made that decision, right? This is how the AI made that decision because it's, it's baked into that neural network. Uh, so, well, so yeah, okay. I mean, same thing with search results, right? You know, it, it's very difficult for it to actually tell you how and why those search results are, are, are there. Do you realize how sci-fi you just went there? Like, like you literally, quite literally, you're saying AI is almost out of, I mean, it's not the form of robots taking over the world right now or anything like that. But essentially what you're saying is the AI has taken over and we don't really know what's going on just yet. I did not say taken over. Yeah, you didn't. I did, I did. because I, yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes it dramatic. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I mean, you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, you know, AI is making decisions and we don't have visibility into how and why it made that decision. What's the, what's the rationale or the steps that it, that it used to make that decision? Uh, because that's, that's not the point of a, of AI or a neural network. The neural network is designed to give you the answer as quick as possible based off of whatever training it it's it's had or it's received uh when you talk about ai i think for a lot of listeners it's like okay that's obvious to me neural networks ai that makes sense mm -hmm. but there's been a lot of different things that precede neural networks in the advertising world and i feel as though every time there is a technological innovation that takes place and it really dramatically affects the advertising world. A, users aren't necessarily going to recognize it. Sure, there's going to be quirky nuances, right? Like, okay, the shoes that came up on my phone, they're a little bit more cool looking to me than they were five years ago. And it's, it doesn't necessarily have to depend upon like the shoe manufacturer getting better at making shoes, just more tailored to my particular aesthetic taste or whatever. But then... <clears throat> You, you fast forward a few years later and the, the technology has completely changed again. Neural networks is a recent thing, relatively speaking. Could, could you, if you understand it better than I do, and I'm sure you do, Dylan, could you help us understand a little bit like what's going on there with neural networks? Like why, why does neural networks come up for you when you're thinking about confusion and advertising? Yeah, really, really good question. So I, th I think, you know, if we take a step back and we think how traditional advertising has been, right? We, it's been okay, we know that this person is, has expressed interest in, this, uh, in these pair of shoes. Um, and so we'll check what we know about that person against a bunch of other conditions to see which advertisement we might display to that user, right? Is this person, uh, have they, have they, is there any evidence of running on their Facebook profile or something like that? And if it's yes, then we, okay, great. We will go down, we will find some running shoes for that person. Um, so again, so that's, that's very deliberate. It's based off of a set of conditions, right? If then statements with neural networks, the difference is that we've trained it with, here's a person and all of the information we know about the person. And here's the shoe that that person ended up buying. Okay. So we, we give it a bunch of, of, of statements like that. Here's a person, here's all the information we have about the person. Here's a shoe we ended, they ended up buying and the neural network, you know, by training it, we're asking it to figure out the, a pathway so that we can, if I can give the, a, give the neural network a profile of someone and it'll automatically tell me what shoe would be best for that person. Okay, I, let, let me ask. This is a great explanation. Thank you for doing that. But I, like, I have a really, really, really hot question to ask you. If you were to walk to your front door right now and you were to put some shoes on, what shoes would they be and what color are they? Yeah, great question. Uh, he doesn't know. 
Like to go out, to go outside. It depends like on right now, like your go-to pair of shoes, like the, right now, given the weather conditions, what are you throwing on? Yeah. Will's vegan leather boots. I don't know what those You've are. You've got a little bike on the, on the bottom. They're sweet, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, so no, but, uh, okay. Go, go so ahead, I, no, I know, go I know you've got a great question coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you ask. I'm looking forward to it. But like, are those the shoes that were in one of the ads on your phone? Okay, so that was that was part of my next question. Okay, yeah. Did you have you seen those shoes advertised to you, or did you like escape the neural net? I'm like turning bright red because I totally bought them because they were advertised. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but but I think this. I mean, that's a, that's a really interesting point. But Doctor Dylan, I've got to ask as you start to kind of give us like a little bit of a history of kind of like the way that adware has worked and, and all of this different stuff. How far are we in the completeness or the perfection of this, you know, of advertising and, and kind of like this, all right, I went into this store and they know that I'm buying shoes. How far along are we? Like, are, are we still at the in, infancy point where they say we, we know just based on his location that he was in a shoe store? Or are we like at, are we on the verge of kind of perfection where it's going to say, oh, that shoe store that he visited an hour, uh, uh, a year ago, those shoes are already starting to, to wear out. So we're going to be ahead of the game and start advertising for new shoes now. Like, how, where, where do you think we are in that journey? You know, as a, uh, you know, middle-aged white cisgendered male, uh, there's a lot of information about people like me and the choices that I make. So the AI has been trained, uh, you know, has some pretty good data. Um, and so when there are things about other people that, um, you know, no matter who they are, uh, it's going to maybe push or recommend those same kinds of things that it's been trained on my data or people who have been making purchases uh, toward uh, other people as well. So, so for people like me, it's probably pretty, pretty good and knows when my cycle of when I need to buy new shoes are, but for someone else, it might be rather different. And I think that's, that's something that we don't get to talk a whole lot about. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And when you talk about, you know, your, the, the way that you self-identify white, man, cisgender, right? There's a lot of data available, but we're talking about the collection or production of correlations across massive data sets on a body of people and not necessarily you as an individual, right? So I, I think one of the things that's still a bit weird for me, the thing that I don't really understand here is, is when does the data set actually link up to the specificities the, the particular interests of an individual um, is the system is the neural network like making a, an assumption that because you are part of that massive data set that everybody likes brown leather shoes from that brand that you have? Yeah, well, probably everybody who has a lot of the same kind of demographics or uh, interests that I do might make that same purchase for those uh, brown boots. But what it gets funny is if there's information or not a lot of information about people who are almost similar, but not quite as similar to me, then it, then it's kind of, you know, 
who knows what it might recommend. It might come up with something completely random or it might recommend those same brown boots and and that person be like I don't I don't I don't want that shit. <laughs> See, I'm always confused with the that like and Tommy and I have talked about this in in the past about this digital avatar that's that's being created, right? Like I'm sure my avatar is just a digital mess because I've got two kids that are signing in under under my uh, under my portfolio of whatever. So all of a sudden I've got this nine-year-old searching for Roblox and I've got this 11-year-old <laughs> searching for whatever they're, they're, they're looking into. Um, my Amazon account is shared with all of us. So my wife is watching TV shows that I might not be. And my wife is ordering things that I might not be and, and things along those lines. But I'm always amazed how accurate some of these things are as well, right? Like I kind of go in there and like, uh, and I'll give you a prime example. Um, somehow during the time of COVID, my clothes shrunk in the closet. Um, or I got fat. One of the, I'm, I'm going with the uh, clothes say. shrinking. Yeah, I'm not sure. But <laughs> I, I, I like, I didn't even say anything to anybody. I didn't say, but all of a sudden I'm in the store, the, uh, a store and I'm like, Oh shoot, I got to, bump up my waistline here like i gotta find new pants and within like 20 minutes my phone was giving me advertisements for like oh yeah you know here's some weight loss stuff and i'm like how did you know how did you make that link how did you know that right so like the immediate like i mean the, the way that i look at it is the immediate parallel would be to say He's in a grocery, uh, he's in a clothing store. He's in a grocery store. That's why I'm at the clothing store. And they saw me in the junk food aisle. But I'm in the I'm I'm in a clothing store. The immediate thing would be, okay, let's alert our advertisers to get to get uh, uh this guy some new pants. But then it's a whole other level then to say he's probably there because he's a fatty now. Let's get him, let's get him some, let's get him some some weight loss stuff. Like how would you even begin to train an AI to think in a tiered way like that? Like, is there any way that we know about that they would be able to do that, Doctor Dylan? Yeah, I mean, well, you you bring up so many so many good good, good little tidbits there. One, you know, you're at there. There are, you have probably many avatars, right? And one of those avatars might be uh, when you're in a different type of of mode, right? You're, you're shopping for your kids, your kids are using your, uh, your account. And, and then it's, and then it's when, you know, you are using your account and someone might be able to look at that, both of those avatars and say, Oh, actually, you know what? This is a dad. And what's would they, one, they'd be able to do that. They'd be able to look right away and say, they, absolutely. Look, I mean, why would you be, why would you be looking at, um, all of these different things that your kids might be looking at? And, and have all of the other kind of, you know, interests that we were talking about drinking earlier, beer or, or, or whiskey. Right. right. So why, you know, absolutely. So we could look at that and say, okay, dad, what's, what's the deal with dads right now? Dad bod. Dad. <laughs> right. Like that's, that's perfect. That's perfect. I, you know, I would look at that and that, that's a marketer's dream. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, he's, you know, and you know, this is not, it's not something that's new gap made this realization many years ago is that their core demographic was aging. So instead of um, kind of addressing the fact that, that their core demographic was aging and, and perhaps getting a little bit bigger, they just made their size 32 inch waist jeans, a size 34. Can they just, 
And and as time went on, oh yeah, it's no. well documented. They just increased the size of their size 32 jeans. They actually like put in quotes 32 inches. They have it in air quotes. I, it's, it's, it's so quotes it's so it. egregious that the their 32 are are actually like a 35 or 36. Damn it. I thought I was better off than I was. It turns out I'm just shopping at the gap more. <laughs> Duh, so close. Now, how would how would it work for advertising? Like, I'm I'm trying to figure out. Obviously, then would the advertisers have an algorithm to pair up with the avatar al- algorithm? Or like do, do we have any idea on how the advertiser knows to jump in to say, all right, let's get this guy some weight loss supplements or something? Well, there's there's two things happening, and I think this is a really really critical point. Is one there's uh, let's, I'm just going to use Google. There's Google who is the platform that is selling the advertisement space, and then there's the marketer or advertiser who has who is choosing who they think they are their their target demographic. So it's actually in Google's best interest not to uh, provide all of the information to the the advertiser, so that the uh, the ad that that the advertiser is pl- is paying for uh, gets displayed on a larger number of uh, sites or it gets more impressions, etc. So so what's important here is that the advertiser is choosing who they might want to have the impressions uh, displayed to, right? And I'll, I'll give an example in a sec. Um, but then Google is then using a an advertising algorithm to determine which of those advertisements that might meet that demographic from all of the advertisers that are paying to, to get your, your uh, attention, um, which one of those would be best suited, which one might be, um, might provide the, the best result. If that makes sense. Yeah. I want to hear so, this example. Well, so I teach at, at the university of Maryland, Baltimore County, it's one of two universities that has the word county in its name. Uh, so I'm very, very proud of that. Uh, and yet, you, we already talked about it. I have a bachelor's in computer science. So whoever, whoever has decided at the University of Maryland system that they're going to advertise to people in the state of Maryland that have bachelor's degrees they're going to advertise to them that they have this new master's program with a one-year professional training in computer science. And that would be absolutely useless for both Maryland and for me, since I already have a PhD, right? right. And if I were to somehow, if I did decide, you know what, I'm going to go get a, a master's in computer science, the state wouldn't get any money out of that because for me, it would be heavily discounted as a state employee. Isn't that funny, eh? So, so the so right. So this is this is that kind of example of okay. Well, the marketer has an idea of who they want to target, but they but you know perhaps maybe there's some kind of sloppiness in either the advertisers or or in Google's part on who they show that that ad to, purely to kind of increase the amount of impressions. So, uh, and, and, you know, this might help answer the question with why, even though I've already bought shoes, mm-hmm. I keep seeing the advertisement for the shoes is whoever's constructed that, you know, avatar has made it just murky enough that an advertiser says, well, we don't know if he bought it or not. Let's make sure that we, we throw over a couple 
uh, or or maybe this guy has a shoe fetish or something like that. Let's just keep keep the keep gambling that we can get him for more. Uh, so Yahoo would, uh, you know, this is back in the day. They would say, "Here's all of the information that we have about this user," and based off of all of the information and all of the history about this user, we think that they're going to want to purchase this or this or this. So we're going to advertise to them appropriately. So what, what Google did was they said, okay, well, what's the most recent thing that they've done? And we're going to weight that more than, you know, what they did six months ago. And so that caught on like wildfire all across the industry. And so that's why when we, you know, when we do do something like look at a, a shoe advertisement, it's going to just give us shoe advertisements nonstop, right? Who's designing the programs for the AI in the advertiser to talk to the AI in Google? Okay, so so Google has the AI. The advertisers are kind of just ch checking some boxes or selecting who they want to talk to. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So 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 if I was uh, if if I was um, uh, shoes, I feel like we're really using that as a, a big uh, shoes a big are example great. I don't here, know. But... We don't we don't got we don't got to knock shoes, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but the. So, so we're all uh, going to get so many shoe advertisements. Yeah, I know. This, <laughs> my phone is going to hear this. <laughs> Problem for me really is that if you keep holding a measuring stick up to to everything, you're you're going to run into muddiness. You're going to run into uncertainty. So, like if I were to take out a, a tape measure in here <clears throat> and measure up this table, so like I've got like a, a C shaped desk in in our little office slash bedroom slash podcast out. studio or yeah, a little yeah. hangout. Yeah. <laughs> and I could like, I could measure the length of each side. I could measure the height of the table. I could write all of this down on a piece of paper and I could take it to Home Depot because let's say I wanted to expand the desk. Now that, that, that data makes sense to me because I wrote it down, but I didn't write down on the piece of paper what, what the measurements are for. Now, if I were to lose that piece of paper, if I were to drop it on the ground and someone picked it up, they might be able to say, Oh, somebody lost the measurements for their desk. Somebody else might say, this looks like measurements for a deck. Mm. You know, the, the measurements need a context. Right. But the context is dependent upon the story that I want to tell about those measurements. Maybe, oh, maybe I, maybe I didn't come to Home Depot to actually expand my desk. Maybe I wanted to knock it down. Maybe I wanted to rebuild it. I guess the point I'm trying to make is that the data is specific to the story where it comes from. And you can't measure that story. You can't measure the intent. And people are complicated on top of that. People change. Well, well, I mean, and Dylan just pointed that out, right? Dylan, you were, you were talking about how more than likely there's like 18 avatars or versions of myself in, in that digital mm -hmm. universe that advertisers are trying to pin down. Uh, AI is trying to pin down. There's there's more than just one of me out there, right? Yeah. Precisely. Well, there's, yeah. There's the there's the dad mode. There's the you know I'm going out on a on a night mode, right? There's uh, you know out you've got a partner mode. mode, right? And then and then yeah. you know. Uh, but well, it, it, the Canucks it, fan mode. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna drop that yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. You know, There's right? Like those are, are all here. different kinds of, of people that, that you might advertise to, right? Those are the different types of avatars that might be uh, floating out there uh, uh, all about you, yeah. right? 
it, which, which are still assumptions based upon measurements. Um, there are, there are days where I feel like a great husband. There are days where I feel like a really crappy husband, but the mm. avatars, even if there are 50 out there that are supposedly connected to who I am, they're not going to catch those nuances. So, so, so would that maybe, and, and getting back to a previous question, uh, Dylan, would that maybe point to this still being very much in the infancy of our, uh, uh our, of our avatar building in that it hasn't, you know, for, for, for a while, I'm trying to think, you know, I love boxing. And, and being a boxer is, was part of what I did six days a week type thing. Um, and then I realized I kind of liked having my thoughts and boxing was <laughs> taking away from that. And, uh, uh, um, but, but you, it, I, I was still getting a lot of advertising for, uh, uh, on Instagram or whatever saying, Hey, yeah, uh, remember this boxing match is coming up and I still would love to watch it or, uh, get in, this is some training drills that you can do and, and things along those lines. It hasn't quite gotten to the conscience part or the conscious part of my motivation for why I yeah, change thoughts and everything. Will, will the human do, thing you, ever arrive? Yeah. Do you think we'll ever get there, Dylan? Do you think that we'll ever get to the part where it will be accurately predicting what our next thought will be. You're setting me up for failure, no matter what <laughs> I say. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. Right. We, we probably are in the infancy and in whatever direction it, we go down next is something that we probably can't imagine. Right. We probably don't have the capacity or the language to describe what is actually going to happen next. Right. right? If we were to if we were to go back, you know, twenty years, and explain to your to our ourselves what was going to happen twenty years from now in advertising, we'd be like, "Get out of here!" Right. That doesn't make any sense. I, I wonder if there's another layer of the confusion here, um, which might be, and you tell me if I'm wrong, might be premised off of the observation that I see pretty regularly in the AI industry. Nobody really knows how these things work, right? Like even if you could rip the hood off the thing and examine its component parts, if you could put 50 engineers in a room, could you come up with a collective agreement from A to Z? This is precisely how the system works. Now we're going to use the information that we just ascertained from this conversation and make sure the AI can explain itself to you. We're going to go back to all the AI we've ever done so you can have a conversation with it. Is that part of it? It's black boxed, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's part of that's part of the competitive advantage. There is there are movements to to force AI to explain its thoughts, right? Quote unquote thoughts or or, or decision pattern. But again, there's not a lot of money in that. So I, so I, really, yeah. I mean, th this is this is really a question. We probably could put fifty engineers in a room and and say, hey, can you make an AI that explains itself? Probably. But that sounds like a very expensive task that may not be uh, marketable or profitable, right? I wonder how many of us adults, if, if, like if I came home, I remember the first time that I bought an Xbox and I was uh, filling in for mornings and exhausting. What a feeling. Yeah, yeah. well, no, but, but I remember, <laughs> I remember, and I don't know what was going on with my logic brain. I was exhausted. I was working mornings at the time and... Uh, trying to pick up my kids for the afternoon and everything like that. And I can remember buying the Xbox and my wife was just like, what the hell were you thinking? Why did you do that? And I was like, 
it really seemed like a good idea at the time. And looking back, I'm like, I don't know what I was thinking to, to do that. That might actually be part of the problem with an AI trying to decipher it is nine times out of 10, we make these impulsive purchases where we have no idea why it may take like a, almost like um, um, before you can start programming the AI, you're going to need to sit down and do neurohacking with somebody to understand why they make half the decisions they do. I, I, that's such a great example too, because it's, you made a decision in an instant, right? And maybe if you had thought about that for an extended period of time, you might've been like, you know, that was a, that was a dumb idea. Right. 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 I still uh, stand by it, but yeah, it might've been a dumb idea. <laughs> if, if, you know, you might've had a different decision if you, if you took time. Well, well, you know, these AI neural networks, they don't, they aren't afforded that time. Right. Yeah. We, we want an answer as fast mm -hmm. as possible. Right. And uh, because we need to show them an advertisement on a page. So we'll take any answer. However, however, you know, poor that that answer, or that decision, quote unquote, is. Uh, that's that's what we need to show to the, to the user. And, and this gets back to my, you know, kind of this this point earlier about we have a lot of data about people that spend a lot of time on, on the Internet, people that are generally more well off, generally wider, generally richer. Um, so when it when it gets to uh, other people on the internet, we don't have a lot of great information, and we'll we'll end up showing them something that uh, might be great for me, but might not be great for them. Mm -hmm. And that's a way in which the kind of uh, wealthy white consumerism is repeated, or or expanded or spread uh, across the world. I remember uh, a conversation that um, Albert Einstein had with a reporter and was talking about, you know, after, uh, as they were developing the nuclear bomb and him saying, you know, all of his work now kind of being mistreated like this and the frustration that, that he was going through. I can't help but think that there's somebody who had originally developed the premise of this AI and building up digital avatar, uh, avatars and being able to learn about people to the nth degree, just hitting his head against a wall somewhere, just going, crap, this isn't what it was supposed to be like. Would there be other implications other than shoes that we could potentially be using this for that would be serving a higher purpose? Of, of course, right? Uh, that's, it's, it's kind of a trick question. I, I want to okay. like, I want to like acknowledge that that's kind of a trick question. Okay. So yes, of course we could be using that technology for something else, but, and here's the trick is that if we were to step back and think, well, what could we have developed if we weren't pursuing that profit motive? I think that's maybe a better question. Ah, right? What, what kinds of technologies could we be developing that might be better suited for say, humanity uh if we weren't necessarily if if the 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 bottom line wasn't you know money cash dollars yeah profit yeah yeah i want to shift the conversation a little bit i want to push the the confusion bit a little bit more um and i, I want to ask you this are these systems built to be unexplainable and if that's the case would that have happened by accident a friend of mine was working for a corporation which i i don't want to name here 
uh, and he was working on a an avoidance algorithm. So it was like a like a targeting avoidance algorithm, so that if something was being <clears throat> uh, like a like if an airplane was being shot at, the airplane would know how to avoid what was the missile that was being shot at it. And he got very specific and very odd instructions on how the algorithm had to operate. Uh, one of the things that the, that the algorithm did was it had a bunch of different smaller components to it. And the requirement was that if you put them together in this one order, that it would produce this avoidance algorithm. And he worked for a year on that algorithm. Uh, at the end of the year, he got... Um, you know, a pat on the back, really good job. We're really proud of this, this algorithm that you were able to put together, fit all of the, the requirements. Um, what he then learned was that that was actually a targeting algorithm. But if you change the order in which the calls were made, it became a targeting algorithm. So he thought that he was producing an algorithm to save lives, and instead it was a targeting algorithm to be used to, uh, for a missile. Wow, and so so there's there's again right there's that the like the filter that what the engineer does there's a filter for which that goes through and that filter in this case was um, the defense industry. Mm -hmm. um, so so yeah so that's a, that's a very complicated question right? Mm -hmm. um, I, and I, I think I think we we're just now beginning to kind of really realize how things kind of uh, become distorted into um, or how they contorted, twisted, shaped, or reshaped into things that the person who is making it didn't intend for, the, for it to be used that way. Thanks for tuning into another episode of What's That Noise? If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. If you have a topic or guest in mind, don't hesitate to get in touch at WTNCast. Stay tuned for bi-weekly episodes and until next time, keep listening to the noise.